Are you going to introduce us? No, no. Just copy-paste introductions. I told you last time. You guys don't oh. listen to me. You guys do not listen. <laughs> hey, welcome to Source Material. I'm here with Mark Radulich <laughs> and Ronnie Adams. <laughs> just have a sound bite and just paste it into the old audacity. Mark, how you your do- name. Mark, how are you doing tonight? I Listen, I added more stuff to the schedule. <laughs> Yes, he did. <laughs> then you just hear it on my click. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, I will say this: the Star Wars story. You know what the best story, the best part about this was? Tell me. Nobody punched Princess Leia in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The, her, her Evan or whoever, however you pronounce that, looked like she was about to. Well, yeah, but but it wasn't one of those things where uh, he's like, you know, no one came up and, and gave her a left cross and then says, "I think I'm in love with her." <laughs> <laughs> Call back to the original D Star, Star Wars. Wars. The Star Wars. Uh Ronnie Adams, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Doing good, man. Mark Radlich, we've scheduled. Uh, Mark, are you ready to continue educating me on some Star Wars stuff tonight? Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. All right. Education. So, education. Ladies and gentlemen, this is source material. We're coming at you live here. It is. Uh, we're, we're synergizing. We're recording this a little bit early, but we're going to drop it on the Radlich and Broadcasting Network. This is going to occur after the release of the most recent Star Wars film, Episode 8. Correct. Yes. Yes. The last, the last Jedi. We had to figure out a good Star Wars story. There's some in the archives, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to check them out, you can hear me discussing had a two-parter on Dark Empire a long time ago. It was one of my first few episodes that I did. Mark, there's a bevy, a bevy, my friend, of Marvel Star Wars books out there for you to pick from. Yeah, Let's every go character ahead. has their own book, every yeah. single one. <laughs> and characters that they just characters that they made up for the comics have their own solo comic. It's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. There is a I think it's a C3PO book that's out there and he has a red arm. That was one of the biggest like questions in Marvel Comics uh, I wouldn't say history, but recent Marvel Comics uh, lore as to why in the world does he have a red arm? But for some reason that that uh, that right there was a, a talking point amongst a lot of podcasts that I don't know, what, what's up with the red arm C3PO has. But we didn't go with we didn't go with the droids this time. Who, may, I offer a, may I offer a counterpoint? Sure. Gives a shit. <laughs> Listen, that red arm is important, my friend. No, it isn't. No, what's funny is this is the way they did it. They just like C-3PO shows up with a red arm. No explanation. No nothing. I mean, he and he's just and people are like, what? What happened? Until you finally get the backstory, uh, the most anticipated backstory in Star Wars history. Not how does Boba Fett get out of the Sarlacc pit? No. See, I, I know a little bit of something. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell me what gravitated you toward this one, Mark Radlich, because this was your right. voice, my man. Yeah, let's. Well, this has been two years in the making, uh, actually or maybe a year in the making uh, i'll tell you why so carrie fisher uh, left the world i believe it was last year around the time that rogue one came out i'm actually looking it mm-hmm. up now uh yeah she died almost a year ago to the day december 27th 2016 and i said at the time kind of honor her and remember her and you know and do something fun for the release of the last jedi that this year 
around the time of the last Jedi, the book that we would do for that week for Star Wars week would be her would be the Princess Leia comic book. So I knew nothing about it. I just knew it existed. And I wanted to do something to kind of remember Carrie Fisher and Carrie Fisher, of course, as, as we all know, plays a character on Family Guy. No, uh, played uh, well, uh, <laughs> Princess. She does. Well, yeah, she but did. no, she she of course is the role that we all know her in was uh, Princess Leia from the Star Wars movies. So um, that's that's what drew me to the comic book. Okay, all right. Our creative team on tonight's book. We have Mark Wade, the writer. Yes, that Mark Wade. He he is a pretty. Pretty famous Marvel writer here. Let me just bring up the wiki. I'll run down. I think we may have covered something on the uh, on this podcast before that he wrote. Okay, the guy has written for DC Comics. Uh, he's written for Marvel Comics. I bet you he has got a. He even wrote some Impact comics. Uh, Ronnie, do you remember any of the Impact comics when they came out in the nineties? Wow. And independent wise, the guys the wrote Fly, some, the Fly, the Web. <laughs> That's right, dude. Uh, I think most most notably, he had some X-Men to his name. Uh, it looks like Onslaught, a lot of Captain America. So when in, in Marvel, the Marvel Universe, the amazing Spider-Man. Uh, wow. There's a letter issues of Spider-Man, the gauntlet when he was running through like all the when Spider-Man was running through all these supervillains that came out in 2010. I hopped in right at the end of that after Caleb was born. I can remember that was the first time I'd picked up a comic book in over over 10 years off the shelf and bought it. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So Mark Wade's a very, very veteran writer for comic books. Uh, now, as for our artist guy by the name of Terry Dodson. I don't know much about him. His his the anchor is I, I I assume it is his wife or his sister, one or the other, Rachel Dodson. And Jordy Belair does the colors for this. Not to uh, not to interrupt, but you missed one really important book that Mark Wade has, has been writing. And that is Archie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he took over the new the new Archie. The new Archie, book. which I am I've been following since issue one. Where are they at now? Like uh I know it's been over a year, hadn't it? It has. Um, I'm going to have to. I don't. I, I just look at the the issues. Uh, 26. 20, it's been 26 issues. Mm-hmm. That must be coming out like by bi- weekly or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, it's actually a really good read. These issues came out in 2015. First printing was 2015. Yeah. First print. Okay. 20. That, so that's good. Uh, so this came out either right before the first uh well the first of this new trilogy for star wars i'm curious does it have the month listed there mark it probably doesn't does it manufactured between august 28th 2015 and october 5th 2015 okay so this is right before the force awakens gets released what i'm going to do here is just simple synopsis we'll do we'll break it down two issues ronnie i gave you the first two talking point mark you got the second the second two and then we'll come in with our final thoughts after issue five so issues one through two princess leia immediately after the events of the first star wars movie a new hope princess leia organa is still dealing with the events that resulted in her home planet alderaan being destroyed by the empire a horrible act which she was forced to witness her new mission is to find and reunite the last living people of Alderaan before the Empire sees that they are vanquished. However, with the bounty that's been placed on her head, gallivanting across the galaxy is going to be much harder than it seems. Luckily, she finds a fellow Alderanian by the name of Yvonne. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's about as, 
We could go with Evan, but there's two A's, and it sounds Evan sounds like a boy's name, so I'm going to go with Yvonne here. I just uh, went Evan. Evan? Evan. <laughs> Evan. I'm I'm not- I, I, I will support you in Evan. <laughs> will okay. Evan. Evan. Luckily, she finds a fellow Alderanian <laughs> by the name of... <laughs> How am I supposed to say her name for the rest of the... <laughs> Yvonne. Yvonne. Uh, who is uh, Yvonne, who is a skilled pilot, just... <laughs> Just not too fond of the princess. Along for the ride is everyone's favorite droid, R2-D2. Uh, so in our second issue, the pair head to Naboo. That's a familiar setting if uh, you're familiar with the sequels. Excuse me, prequels. Leia struggles inside that she let her family down and her people down when she was unable to stop her planet from being destroyed. Arriving at Naboo, they meet up with Lord Judd. <laughs> Okay, you you just look at that mustache and tell me that that guy isn't somebody that's going to stab you in the back, right? <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, you trust this dude? Come on! But yes, arriving at Naboo, they meet up with Lord Jun, who just happens to know a local club owner who employs an Alderanian group of musicians named the Melodic Order. Things heat up when the club owner decides to attempt to cash in on Leia's bounty, but is soon thwarted by the leader of the Melodic Order, Paris. Leia returns to Lord Jun and convinces, in quotes, him to give her a luxury cruiser to find more of her people in the galaxy. We end the two issues with the one of the Melodic Order, a girl by the name of Tace, reaching out to her sister, Tula, in order to stay in touch and update her on the day's events. What Tace does not realize is that Tula has now become a member of the Empire. All right, so that's issues one and two. Ronnie Adams, you know, we're, we're diving into the Princess Leia. Now, this is a character, just before you get started here, this is a character that, you know, I, I've watched the Star Wars movies. She's obviously a very prominent character throughout uh, all of the Star Wars mythology. Mm-hmm. But I wondered to myself, was there much more that we could dive into with this character? And Mark Wade's got the writing chops to do something with it. What do you, what do you think of so far? At first, when I started reading, reading it, um, I was like, ah, it's a little far fetched uh, for, for even for Star Wars. Now, wait, 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 I, I'm, I'm going to ask you when you say far fetched, can you explain? Is it out of character for Princess Leia to do? Okay, okay. It's not to a point, but it's also, it's it's hard to judge just going by who she was in A New Hope. In A New Hope, she had that awful, terrible fake British accent. Um, she was very much a politician. <laughs> that she kept losing. <laughs> that she kept losing and completely abandoned in Empire. <laughs> it, it was like, she had this terrible British accent in A New Hope. And then in Empire, she was like, hey, Han, what's going on? You know, but, uh, hey, Han. Hey, Han. What you doing? <laughs> but uh y'all get over here hand <laughs> <laughs> when you when you see the character development in in empire and in jedi it would be far-fetched for the for the character that's in those two movies to do something like this when you when you think about that it was kind of like it was out of it was out of line really like it should have that should have come this should have come later it felt like it's it's it, it lines up with her character um, Can I, um yeah, go for it this. let me offer this when when we meet princess leia the terrible british accent that she keeps losing aside she stands up to the biggest murderer in the galaxy and you know she says to the head of the military i could <laughs> you smell like you know yeah you stink and i could have smelled you a galaxy away yeah um you know she's 
she's pretty spunky. And she then, is, but there's a difference between spunk and what she does in this comic book. Is there? Because I mean, you also have the situation where you know the the minute she sees Luke, she's like mouthing off to him too. Like, aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Which, by the way, Family Guy. All right, well, stay here and die, you stuck up bitch. <laughs> aren't you a little fat for a stormtrooper? <laughs> All right, well. <laughs> Um, but you know, the next, and here's the thing I wanted to draw a big fat circle around was the rescue. You know, Luke and Han are pinned down. They're firing back at the stormtroopers. They're, they're stuck in the prison hallway. And he just says, fuck it, and grabs a gun, shoots a stormtrooper, and then blows a hole in the wall and says, all right, everybody, you know, dive in, dive into this hole that we have no idea where it goes or how deep it goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And, and like I said, it's more character development. In the middle of a firefight, it, it, it makes more sense for her to grab a gun and shoot a hole in the wall than it does to 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 steal a, a spaceship and go after, you know, and take on the the Empire head on. But let, let, all right, let, but let's take it. She wasn't taking the Empire head on. Well, she basically was. She knew she had a bounty on her head of what, 10 million credits or something like that. Uh, I, in in I the book, it said ten million, I think. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, but I wouldn't call that. She, it's not like she stole she stole an X wing too, you know. And it was like, again, I have to keep referencing Family Guy. Like, I feel like I could take on the whole empire by myself. Okay, Dax has got this. <laughs> Dax has got this. Let's. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> hey, Empire, suck it! Boom. Um, <laughs> it, it again. It's not like she went at you know she flew to Coruscant with you know. With the next wing it was like i'm gonna kill everybody that's uh, taking the empire head on you know she didn't yeah. face off with the executioner yeah she her- she's going to rescue alderanians from that are scattered throughout the galaxy so that they don't get lost to time and extinction that's right. wholly different also, right but she's also got an entire uh rebellion at her at her beck and call that she could say hey we need to get to people you know and i realized that she did that um but I, I don't know. I mean, it was just, it was hard for me to get behind it at first. I think you're missing what I'm saying, but it does fall in line with who she is. So okay. yes, I, 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 I can see her doing this, but after the first, you know, this directly after the first movie with all the pomp and circumstance and the fake British accent and the, the politicking that she does in that movie, to me, it was at first I was like, uh, but then I got behind it. Okay. So let me, let me add this one thing to, and why I'm, I'm really stuck on this and I'm, and I'm you know, I'm saying this is very much strongly in her character. And I do think that this is something that she would have done at that time. Remember what the initial fight is about in the book. It's, you know, I want I want to do something. I, I you know, we we are busy with this uh, rebellion, this terrorist organization. I want to play a part. I want to do something. I just don't want to be a ceremonial mouthpiece. And the uh, the general is like, nope, you're too. It's too risky. You're if too you get bored. caught, we're gonna have to spend too many resources trying to get you back. So you know, she's sort of like a Fabergé egg, which she's not comfortable with. That's what drives her to do that. I mean, I think had General Dada, was it really that, or was it guilt? Guilt because I, her. Because I mean, she, I don't know. See why it can't be both. You know, if she really had all this in her all along, why didn't she die defending Alderaan? You know, that she knew what they were going to do, and she just stood there. Well, now hold on. Wait a minute. She's on. She's on a space station that has a she's gun a that prisoner. can destroy a planet. Yeah, but she's ripped to... space throat out. <laughs> Come on now, Ronnie. <laughs> she's like a five foot tall woman in the, you know, standing in the same, and she doesn't know she's a Jedi. So she's standing in the same room as the biggest murderer in the galaxy who's on a space station with a gun that can destroy a planet. 
I get the it. Fuck this, the I fuck get is it. she supposed to do? And she even and and she does like lunge at Vader. She's just caught. She's like grabbed. They manhandle her. Poor woman. Well, that was bless her heart. <laughs> well, one of the things that I, you know, being a casual Star Wars fan, I'll say I'm casual because I, I enjoy the I enjoy watching Star Wars, especially after Wrath of Khan. Um, and uh, shut your mouth. <laughs> No, I, I, I don't think the character of Leia's, uh, you know, that that whole dude, imagine watching a planet of your own people get destroyed and they didn't really give her much to go with after that. You didn't give her an opportunity to the character herself in the movies to try and uh, deal with that fact. They didn't give her much other than just, you know, okay, I'm headlong into the rebellion. But I can remember watching these and thinking, you know, thinking to myself, man, yep, that happened. All right, what's the next step? There, it's uh, really funny because I think it was a family guy thing again where he's where Luke is so sad about Obi-Wan. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I just watched a whole planet of people die. But, yeah, it's all about you right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, so that's the one thing that I got out of these, you know, when I first started reading, like, oh, okay, well, you know, this gives her a purpose. This is something that as the princess of a planet or, you know, the princess of Alderaan, Princess Leia has a she has that sense of duty to go and try and bring her people together. Uh, It's also important to know that. George Lucas is a terrible director. Yes. Mark, did you listen? Did you listen to the re-air of the broadcast this morning uh, from your? I did, actually. Yeah, I did. All right. You guys pulled up some good points about how emotionless and robotic our good pal George Lucas George is. Yeah, so it's really no bras in space, guys. <laughs> no, no bras. Um, only That's left. What hook. I told her. Yes, but my here's why I bring that up because I think we're you know we're talking about her characterization and what she would or would not have done in the wake of Alderaan being blown up. There might have been more shown on screen to support the argument that she's a you know a a serious action and an adventure oriented heroine if George Lucas were a better writer and director and not a robot hack. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think we got what we got because people tried to make sense of the nonsense that he shot, but I better, you know, like have Lawrence Kasdan been around for the first one and could, you know, and could edit and reshape his vision. I think you would have gotten a better sense of who Princess Leia was because you do, because I think Ron, here's where Ronnie's hundred percent right. And I'm going to back him up. You do get a better sense of who Leia is in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. You don't get as bet you don't get as much of a good sense as who she is in A New Hope, and that's all in the writing and directing. Again, mm. the part of the reason she doesn't have a British accent in the in Empire and in, in Jedi is because they were directed, I believe, by Kasdan. And, and he said, that's dumb. Stop it. Yeah. And he was like, this is terrible. You're not British. Cut it out. You know, and just and just directed a real. I mean, her performance in Empire is fantastic. Carrie Fisher is, is amazing in that movie. She doesn't have as much to do in Return of the Jedi, I think. But you still, you know, this is a woman who goes who in Jedi is written to have gone headlong, risking risking it all to save Han. Um, so I, I, it's highly believable she would put herself in harm's way if she believed the cause was right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go ahead and before I get to the next couple issues, let's talk about the other significant character in this book, and that's Yvonne. Yvonne. <laughs> Yvonne. So, Ronnie, what do you think of Yvonne here? Uh, she was she was good for this. I mean, like she was 
This uh, isn't a character that's ever been around before. Right? New, this this completely was, okay. Completely right, making sure, um, to my knowledge. But she was, she was definitely um, the yin to Leia's yang. She was caught up in 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 the pomp and circumstance of everything, as, as I said before. Uh, mainly because if if she didn't do it, then then everything you know they knew about Alderaan was was dead. So she had to treat Princess Leia like a princess. She had to to follow her no matter what, because even though she didn't like her, even though she thought she was a coward for letting her, you know, letting her parent, you know, called her the Ice Queen or Ice Princess because she uh, showed no emotion about uh, about her parents. But, and you know those are that's funny because those are almost criticisms that we we have. Granted, she did show a little bit in there, but you know, she right. didn't, in the movies themselves, it just didn't seem like she, there right. was much. She, she didn't much give a crap in the movie. So, yeah, it, it and maybe that's what Wade's trying to do here is actually bring some humanity into that horrific act. Yeah, there was no humanity in it because yeah, she was terrified and oh, not terrified, but horrified at what happened. But it was like for a brief second, she's like, oh no. Okay, I'm over it. Let's yeah. crack jokes about the short short stormtrooper. Um, <laughs> let's comfort the kid that I've never met before because the old man died. But never mind that my parents, all my family, and everybody I ever yeah, knew. A planet that I used to live on was destroyed. An entire planet that I once ruled over is gone, is nothing but dust. Yeah. Mark, how about Yvonne? What do you think? I thought she was a, a fun character. I thought she was you know, a needed character. Mm. You know, somebody who could temper leia i mean honestly she she's the one trying to make sure leia doesn't go off half cocked i think she's you know i i thought it was an interesting take because again we don't spend a lot of time like blowing up blowing up alderaan in a new hope really just just comes across as a plot point yep to move the action forward you never really get the gravity of it nobody really deals with it i mean even even princess leia just kind of goes huh and then the next thing, and then the, oh well, <laughs> sigh. Um, and then the next time you see her, she's cracking wise at Luke. Yeah, you know. And then and then we're off and running. I think it was important to introduce a character who at least you could somewhat you use to deal with the gravity of what happened. I liked I liked the fact that right from the get go, she's like, you know, she, Princess Leia is an ice queen. You know, how could she say so little, practically nothing about what happened to Alderaan and act like you know act like it's his business as usual you bitch i thought that was i thought that was very honest mm-hmm. you know there we have this this pair of characters that are going out about to find the rest of their quote-unquote family uh so and that's kind of where we started out now now we've got uh the melodic order on the ship uh the next stop is heading over to uh a place called what's Sullust. that Sullust. i believe we go to Sullust next yes the alderaan enclave so uh all right so issues three and four the princess's next goal is to find the hidden alderaan enclave that was on a planet called Sullust. arriving leia realizes that the enclave enclave's preserver jura Astain and most of the enclave themselves distrust leia and her motives to come here as they last heard she was a prisoner of the empire this distrust is only strengthened when soon after the arrival uh, of the Empire, with an, as they show up with an invading force of stu- stormtroopers. Yeah, so things aren't going sorry, things aren't going so well in Leia's favor here. Now she's got to deal with Empire and the Enclave themselves targeting them and Yvonne. In order to escape, they rely on R two to get them to safety. 
uh, as this war is about to break loose, well, this this battle that's about to break loose between the Empire and the Enclave, Leia and Yvonne get out of Dodge. The only place they can reach, though, is below the facility into a layer of beastly rock renders. Using these monsters to turn the tide of battle, giving favor to the Enclave against the stormtroopers, Leia gains the trust of Jorah and the Enclave, but now they must focus on finding the spy that led the Empire to their door. Remember Tace? The one that's been in contact with her sister at the Empire. Now, as their mission continues, the group head back to their ship and meet up with Nyan Nub. Is this the... Is this the guy from the movies? Yeah, this is Lando's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Buddy. <clears throat> All right. And they get some firepower to use against the Empire from this guy. Uh, they also find out that Tace has been the one that was in contact with the Empire unwittingly and unknowingly. Uh, Leia accepts her story, much to the chagrin of the leader of the Enclave. And again, the seeds of mistrust have been sown. Now the plan is to head to a planet called Asperion, where Alderanians have been living there for quite a while. Leia wants them to help join the rebellion and sends Jorah and is it Uwa? Why yeah. it could be? Is it okay? Um, um, the thing you have to remember about Star Wars names is you just throw a bunch of consonants <laughs> and maybe a vowel together, or, or uh, the other way around. A bunch around. of vowels and then a consonant in the maybe middle. Maybe a consonant. Everybody yeah. is Polish. Well, okay. Now here's the thing. I thought that she made Paris the leader of the melodic order that saved her life. Uh, I, I swear that she called her Uwa. But anyway, I, I, it's either Paris or Uwa and Jorah, the one that doesn't trust Leia. She puts them two together and says, hey, why don't you head down to Asperion and try and convince the leader down there that we need his help. And also, maybe since they're the last Alderanians that I've been able to find, maybe they want to help us find some more and join our cause. So these two go down as emissaries to the planet, but things do not go so well when Jorah has no compunction displaying her disgust with the Asperian leader, who is a result of intermingling between the Alderaan race and the Asperian race. Uh, so a plan is now put in place to attempt to lure the Empire to them. That's right. If they talk to Tace and convince her to see if she can maybe drop some knowledge to Tula and set a trap, basically. It's, to a, try trap. The it's a trap. So bring the Empire to Asperion. But it backfires, okay? The Empire now tells them, okay, look, we're tired of your games. This girl's going to die. Tula's going to die. And there's nothing you can do about it unless... And of course, Leia does the self-sacrificing thing and offers herself up for trade at the end of near the end of issue four. Uh, now, Leia, as they go down to this desert planet and the trade is about to go down, all of the sudden, out of almost every corner of space, all these ships just start coming out of hyperspace. And, you know, hundreds of ships are now in orbit of this desert planet. Why? We don't know. And we're kind of left with a cliffhanger there. So that's issues three and four. The big the big beats are uh, we have the Empire showing up, the trade where Leia is now almost willingly giving herself over to the Empire in order to save Tasa's sister Tula from getting killed. Also, things on Asperion, the political gambits on Asperion are not going in uh, Leia's favor here to try and get the Asperions to join. I, you know, I, I was continuing to enjoy the story. I, it's hard for me to comment on just like the little bits and pieces because I, I I mean I just sort of breeze through this all in one shot. Yeah, and I like the overall story. I thought you know if you're going to give Leia her own, especially you know at the, the time of A New Hope, if you're going to give her her own solo story, I thought this was a good one. I thought addressing the idea of what happens to all the were all the Alderanians on Alderaan when it blew up or. 
were were they scattered throughout the galaxy? You know, that sort of thing. I thought, you know, Mark Wade did a really good job of giving us something else to learn about as far as what happened between New Hope and Empire, you know, in Leia's story, you know, and giving her her own solo adventure. I guess as far as this this part of it, I thought it was a weird choice just because you don't really know anything about, there's not a lot of backstory to, to Alderaan or why this group of Alderaanians were mixing with the uh, Asperians. So it, it was like, it, it just they just sort of throw that at you and yeah. <laughs> you know it's you, you, sort of the assumption is you're not going to like this character for being for being you know prejudiced against race mixing okay but i still need a little bit more than that you know yeah, jora jora Astain, i think is her name the one that yeah. goes down there and the the i don't i called her the leader of the enclave she's not she's like second in command if i remember right because they she takes her to she takes Leia to her leader, but regardless, she's the pretty influential when it comes to the Enclave and their decisions. But she was kind of one note, almost a villain. Oh, wait a second. She's now she trusts Leia. She's like that political person. You're well, what, what political person are you going to trust? But that's the that's the kind of gist that I got. You know, I thought there was a lot of assumptions made by the writing team on behalf of the audience that's reading this it's like yeah you're gonna hate this person because of these reasons without giving a whole lot more back like i think it would have benefited from a little bit more backstory okay but other than that you know i thought it was fine are there any I'm like to, i'm trying to think of what stood out in in in, in those those two issues well you know? I, I know one thing that did all right mm-hmm. and that is r2d2 saving everybody's ass when r2d2 are well you're like meh uh, we we gotta it's the droid saving when he come up with the droid is really the He's one the unsung hero of the, of the star wars song did you yeah. did you listen to the force awakens uh podcast of the whole thing the, especially the part when <laughs> i went on a rant R2-D2. <laughs> when i ran on a rant about why anyone likes r2d2 i don't understand it and everyone in the podcast got really yeah everyone in the podcast got really like uncomfortable with me <laughs> like, just, like, let him go on his own let him let him say what he's got to say yeah i was out there on a branch by myself and boy was it cold well r2 saves r2 saves them they're in the the lair of the rock renders and they're trying to figure out what to do they're the, they have no idea what to do next and then all of a sudden r2 goes off and does his own thing no prompting whatsoever and he lures the rock renders out uh in order to use them against the stormtroopers uh so it really they didn't come up with that idea at all that was all r2d2 which i thought was pretty interesting he's the real hero of the saga okay all right ronnie adams i hear what you're saying the uh the rock renders were were interesting because everybody that lived on that planet lived in fear of them but leia knew that they didn't eat they they didn't eat flesh they ate Oh yeah, metal and yeah, metal and and rock and everything else. I'm like, why does she know that? But everybody else is completely ignorant to this fact. (laughs) That's that's a whatever. If you're gonna pick out stuff like that, you're gonna be picking forever on comic books. I thought it was interesting that they they did the inherit, you know, like the the racism side story with uh with what's her name jora because uh, a lot of the extended universe that i used to read that's no longer canon they don't consider it canon anymore that was that was what the empire was they allowed no other species in the empire really yeah they you know you had to be human or humanoid or whatever yeah you had to be from somewhere that had a human species. There were no, there were no Wookies. There were no, uh, none of the, of the alien races as we know them were in the empire, but they did employ them 
as bounty hunters, but they would not allow them to hold rank. Wow, that's weird. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, uh, the, the emperor, the emperor was apparently like a big like racist. Yeah. So that's it was really interesting that they brought that into it. There's no there's nothing to prove that different in the new movie. You know, everybody's a clone um, in the in the prequels. If you look at the Empire in the original trilogy, there was no alien race other than the bounty hunters and the, and the new movie um, and new movies. I'm, I'm guessing uh, it's going to be the same thing. The new order. No, no alien races. I really feel like a better writer could have done a lot more with the whole the Empire is racist thing. You know, I, I, it was like alluded to, you know, referenced here or there, but that's, you know, I, I they don't do a whole lot with it, you know, considering in the, it was in, in, in the actual movies. In the, in the original trilogy, you mean? In the no, prequel trilogy. In the prequel. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, because it was the prequel trilogy and it was kind of terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, you know, and I'm a Star Wars fan for life, and I will admit that they were not good. No, they uh, weren't. But because George Lucas had nobody there telling him, no, George, stop, stop it. You're terrible. You know, and and if you look at the original, the Star Wars screenplay, which we read the comic book of, it's exactly what he wanted in the original, not the original, but in the prequel. So there was more more of that in the prequel than there was anything else. Lots of politics, lots of yeah. Gosh, in 1999, I sat down and watched The Phantom Menace. I was like, this is so political. Yeah. I, I have no interest in this movie. How is this Star right. Wars? And I didn't understand what right. I was getting into. I had, oh, wow. The coolest things that came out of the Phantom Menace were uh, the, they expounded on um, the Jedi's powers a little bit more. Yeah. You know, them moving, you know, faster. And you got to see the fight between obi-wan and darth maul you got to see that that two on one and then one on one and then you got to see the lightsabers as a stabbing weapon instead of just a slashing weapon Mm -hmm. Uh, so i thought that was pretty cool those were the best things that came out of that movie but in this it was really interesting to see that they brought that kind of to the forefront in the in this universe racism against the alien races was pretty rampant especially through the empire all right so Issue five, our, our, our conclusion here. Leia's down on the desert planet. The exchange has happened. Tula is now safe. Leia is now back in the hands of the Empire. But just before she steps foot onto the Empire shuttle, Yvonne and Nyenub appear, blazing the place with gunfire and rescuing the princess. The remaining force of the Empire Star Destroyer that's in orbit believe they have destroyed the ship that Leia was on and now turn their sights to Asperion to eliminate what Alderanians they can find there. Remember, their mission, as uh, according to what Leia believed, was they were going to eliminate and kill the rest of the Alderanians that were out in the galaxy. So they turn their eyes toward Asperion to, to lay waste to that planet, basically. Uh, however, Leia reaches out to the recently appeared fleet that answered a call to her aid earlier and explains that the Empire is there to wipe out all Alderanians, and they are most likely targets as, as well. So as of now, their only option is to fight to try and ensure the survival of Alderaan and put a stop to the Empire's plans. Now, this message is broadcast to the fleet and also to the planet where the Asperion leader watches and finally reconsiders Leia's plea to join them. And they also send up reinforcements to help against the Star Destroyer. The ships come together in a flurry of fire to bring the Star Destroyer to its ultimate destruction. Uh, With many Alderanians reunited after this, the princess's mission has somewhat met its end. Though very rocky at the start through the journey, Leia and Yvonne become good friends 
So much so that Leia left Yvonne somewhat in charge of her people, or that was her intention, as she heads back, as Leia heads back to assist Luke and the Rebellion, comfortably knowing she has reunited most of her people from her home world. I don't want to come across as saying, like, I don't like the story. I like the overall story. Okay. It was pretty easy to follow. Um, I thought I thought the story itself was a worth was a worthwhile one to tell. My only like minor gripe with with the overall story is this ending where it's like, well, we invented a character that we're never going to see in the movies. And then she went to go lead the Alderanians. You know, it's like, all right. You know, it's just like, like they knew they couldn't use her. I mean, like, why couldn't she continue to be a pilot? They killed plenty of them between <laughs> Hoth and, and like, there's just so many, like, like this rebellion isn't five people. It's, it's a huge <laughs> It's a huge terrorist organization with a lot of pilots. Stop Why calling them terrorists? They're freedom fighters. They're terrorists. One man's terrorist. You're a terrorist. One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Look how many innocent plumbers and construction workers they killed. On Listen, that I'm not getting into the clerk's uh, discussion <laughs> with you. Why? <laughs> because I, I it just it's been done to and, death. and and you're wrong. Um, <laughs> That's they, that. they attacked innocent civilians and you know they are they really guess, innocent because they knew who they were working for yeah the established government oh boy. <sighs> they were working for a tyrant and they knew it oh okay. boy so anyone so <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh all right no i'm not gonna do this with ronnie um <laughs> so anyway so the rebel terrorists right there's plenty of them why couldn't she just stop being calling a- them terrorists <laughs> <laughs> your heroes are evil Support the Empire, Ronnie. I knew that was I knew you're an Empire guy. Oh. I am. I'm all for I'm all for the status quo and keeping order. Well, that's what they want. We they just want- talked about the Empire being racist. And here Mark, Mark I know. Is- They're all about genetic cleansing, and he's like, Yeah, I'm all behind him. Keep the races pure. Keep the races pure. Oh my god. Oh, they must be good. They're in the government. It's the government. It's the government. Um, all right. You know, all kidding aside, the rebellion is got plenty Thank of you. got plenty of people in it. You know, mostly suicide bombers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I'm letting it go. Why couldn't she just go back to being a pilot? You know, like I don't like well, they like this isn't that important of a character that they needed to get rid of her somehow. It just seemed like, you know, okay, so Princess Leia is gonna go and, and this I actually didn't like. So Princess Leia is gonna go back to adventuring and leading the rebellion and all of that, as she says. But here you have this useful pilot, this fighter pilot, this you know, somebody who can who who can actually help out in the the struggle, and she's like, Yeah, go lead my people. No, that's your job, Princess Leia. That's not the job of random pilot 27. <laughs> but I, I mean, okay, so you would rather leave it open-ended. All right, I'm going to be back and be a pilot and never be heard from again. Okay. Yeah. Or well, that's, yeah. Just, that's just why terrible. Don't, why don't they just, why don't they do, they, they, they invented a character for the Darth Vader series called Dr. Aphra, and then they gave Dr. Aphra her own series. Why don't they just do that? Well, I mean, nobody wants an Yvonne series. Yvonne, you have your own series. <laughs> Marvel but, Comics presents Yvonne. Right. Um, nobody wants an Yvonne series. I mean, they nobody may, wa- but... Nobody wanted a Dr. Afra series, but they got that too. Yeah, but nobody said that was good. <laughs> well... Okay, I, I see both points here because it'd be number one, you got an end, you, you have to end the story somehow on, right. I would assume, a good note. 
Okay, so I, I kind of see where you're coming from there, Ronnie. It, it, hang on. It would have been stronger if Yvonne made that choice by herself. Okay, that that I could see as well, because the fact that she's a fighter pilot doesn't make her want to be a politician that much more. Okay. Yeah, she. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be a politician. If you came to me, yeah, I might fight for your side, but just because I want to fight on your side doesn't make me want to be a politician for sure. So I, I here's the thing. Her character, and when I say character, I mean Yvonne's, her motivations. She was... At the beginning of this book, very much uh, disapproving of the fact that Leia kind of casually brushed off this the 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 fact that Alderaan was destroyed, but she also was a very faithful to the customs of Alderaan and the hierarchy that was there. I think that must be where they were kind of going with it. Like, okay, hey, she's the strongest supporter of what was the hierarchy uh, on Alderaan. Yvonne was fighting the hardest to keep to keep the culture alive. Alive, yes. There you go. Okay, and Leia saw on saw on her. Well, okay, if. If that's the case, then you ha- there's nobody else that'd be better to do that. You but- have the best interests of our people at heart. Yes. So yes. here, you lead them while I go fight. Uh, what, are they, and what are they going to do, right? And then later well, on, six months later, Yvonne ter- tragically died in an accident. <laughs> It would have been great fight. if she would have turned her down. I think that would have been pretty dang interesting if she would have said, "No, no, thanks, I'm not interested." Uh, the but- end. <laughs> I think it should have. I think it should have ended with you know, and, you know, and, and a few years later, you see Yvonne getting into her X-wing to take uh, on the second Death Star. That would have been interesting. I could see Yvonne coming back in the comics, Ronnie. I know you said nobody's screaming for the series. It was a fun story. It was. It was cool to see some sort of. It was fun to see Leia interact with other people in the Star Wars universe other than, I guess you would say, the trinity of the the Star Wars universe, which is Han, Leia, and Luke, and how she would react to other people and people dealing with the ice princess that she was when when her entire planet died so that was that was really cool i thought that was you know a much needed refrain from you know the movies of of her going oh no what's for dinner um (laughs) so uh, you know that was it, it was interesting to see that so come to life in a, in a comic book. Like I said, it, at first I felt it was a little out of character, but the more I thought about it, the more I, I you know, got on board with it and, and, and liked it. I, I agree with some of the points that you all, you know, have, it was, it was just, it didn't feel rushed, but there were, there should have been more backstory to a lot of these characters, but how much can you do in a five issue miniseries? Which I understand, but, you know, there's not much you can do with just five issues. He did the best that he could, and I, I was, it was a good read. It was worth the five ninety nine that I paid for the, uh, uh, for the trade paperback. I really liked it. Um, I, I like the, I like the idea of, you know, shortly after the Battle of Yavin, they're too afraid to let Leia do anything. Yeah, yeah. And so she sort of takes this mission on herself. But and, and again, as I said before, I like the fact that she addressed the well, what happened to all my people, the, you know, the, the ones that were because remember in the Star Wars universe, physics doesn't exist. Right. And so people can travel all over the galaxy like you travel, you know, all over your city. So it would be a natural assumption to assume that her people were scattered throughout the galaxy. Not all of them were killed on Alderaan. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with them? I thought the character who, you know, the, the pilot character, Yvonne, uh, <laughs> Yvonne was a fun <laughs> character. You know, it was a nice counterbalance to Leia. Um, the rest of the cast, it was kind of meh or, you know, whatever. 
You know, but overall, I think, you know, as far as giving that version of Leia something to do shortly after the Battle of Yavin and telling that story was, uh, again, a worthy one and, you know, a fun one to tell. And, uh, you know, in general, I enjoyed the book, you know, and once again, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Absolutely. Right. You know, there's nothing world changing or uh, extremely, there's nothing that's changing the lore here for Star Wars. It's adding to it. Uh, And it's not really, it's not a whole lot, but I think it does a great job. And and that may be what a lot of these books are doing is just giving a better dive into the characters of this universe. Like I said before, it's good to have a story where we're discussing her trying to deal with the fact that her planet and all of her people were pretty much killed in front of her eyes. I Mm. would be a mess and a wreck. Uh, So that kind of speaks to how strong Princess Leia is. The fact that, okay, well, hey, I need to go do something to at least try and make up for what I feel may have been a personal failure on my part, along with the fact that the rest of my people are in danger that are scattered throughout the galaxy. Uh, So it's it's a fun story. And I really, for some reason, I don't remember if they explained this in the book or not, but I don't think this that journey could have ended just with those three spots. I mean, she went and got the melodic order. She went and got, maybe that's just like the three most concentrated spots of Alderanians, Asperion and the, uh, the Enclave. But you would think that there's gotta be more out there amongst the galaxy. Uh, but it just seemed like, well, you know, we only got five issues and I got a rebellion to fight. So uh, good, good for you, Yvonne. Have fun. Uh, <laughs> but, you were a good game and be gone, be done with it. We yeah. saved who we could. The rest of you are on your own. <laughs> All right, go find a planet. Go find a planet. Go on. I enjoyed it, though. I think it was it was a nice little dive into her, into her personal life. Uh, to, to see how she was dealing with this and, and a, a fun little journey. It isn't anything, like I said, that's going to be turning heads. Uh, it, it isn't no red arm of C-3PO, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, well, they're basically, that's what the, basically they're doing anyway, every off year of, you know, with Rogue One, with the Han Solo, uh, movie that's coming out they're not changing the lore they're not doing they're not making any huge differences they're just filling the gaps yes yeah so, I, like that. I think that's mm-hmm. that's a this is a great story to do that um all right well with that being said that's our coverage of marvel's princess leia uh let's go ahead we'll get into plugs unless you guys have anything else all right, let's do plugs. <laughs> Ronnie Adams. Your silence says. <laughs> let's get to it. Uh, Ronnie Adams, sir, go ahead and plug some stuff, man. Uh, we have a podcast called Screaming Boy Podcast where we talk about pop culture slash nerd culture. We are, uh, for some reason, it didn't release to uh, to anything, and I've got to figure out why. But uh, we recently uh, did a uh, show where we talked about the Comic Cons that we that we went to, River City Comic Con, Greensboro Comic Con, Fayetteville, and North Carolina Comic Con Bull City. And then last night, which will be released as well um, here soon, we uh, as as we're recording this last night, we we uh, did our pretty much a TV episode. What shows uh, that we were watching currently? You know, just had some fun with that. Uh, talked about uh, talked. Josh Calanders was on with us, and so we talked some about. Uh, Runaways, you know, the the first five episodes of Runaways. Uh, we talked about uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, we talked about uh, Superstore as well, which was kind of a sleeper for me. I didn't get into that until Jesse told me about it, and I absolutely adore that show. I love it. It's it's so funny. And then, we, you know, with, with all the content that we've got, you know, Netflix and 
uh, the Hulu? network. Uh, I was going. To, I'm going for the network sitcoms as well. Oh, yeah. and uh, and Hulu with their originals. I mean, you you'd be you'd be crazy if you couldn't find something to watch. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking about it and getting everybody's perspectives on these shows. Um, so that that's out uh, as as you're listening to this, it's out now. As we're recording that, it will be out soon. As we're recording this, it will be out soon. Uh, you can find us on any social media on Twitter at Screaming Boy PR, on Instagram Screaming Boy Podcast, and Facebook. Just look up look us up on Facebook by typing in Screaming Boy Podcast. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and right here on the Radulich and Broadcasting Network. All right. Very good. Mark Radulich, sir. Let's plug some stuff. All righty. If you are (laughs) listening to this live, tomorrow night is a TV party tonight with Andrew Graham. We're going to be talking about The Crown season one. Season two just dropped on Netflix. We're going to talk about season one, though, and we will get to season two sometime next year. You know, when we have space on the calendar. 2024 <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that space is f- filling up quite quickly for a year in advance it's amazing yeah wednesday uh, i won't be available but jesse starcher and robert cooper will be doing the metal hammer of doom they're gonna look, check out ne- uh, Ablascaris. uh the album's called earn the following week the week that this will debut on the rattling broadcasting network is Star Wars week, Star Wars week all the time. We've got this uh, show discussing Princess Leia. Uh, we've got Damn You Hollywood's review of Star Wars The Last Jedi. We've got the Metal Hammer of Doom review of Galactic Empire's self-titled album, Galactic Empire. And then finally, we cap the whole thing off with an on-trial for The Empire Strikes Back. And of course, the Screaming Boy podcast will have something on Star Wars as well. Absolutely. So that'll be fun. So go ahead and check that out. Go give the Rattlech and Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like. Give it a like. <laughs> give it a like. <laughs> Check out the show on Twitter. Check it on Facebook. Uh, so there's, there's, a, there's just a lot of podcasts that we have. There's uh, MMA. There's wrestling. There are Damn you, games. Hollywood. <laughs> there's video games. Uh, is there? Uh, yes, is there? you can listen to them. There's podcasts about video games. All right, coming up on the Rattlech and Broadcast. Let's actually, might let's go back in time. Go back to last week. Uh, last week, our uh, was our discussion. Was it last week or the week before? We did our discussion on Runaways Volume One, right? That was yeah. a while ago. That was our last one. Was that last a while week ago? Was the Punisher. Last week was the Punisher. Punisher. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, so yeah, you, no, you wanna, it wasn't. No. Yeah, it yeah, it was. was. Yeah, it was. Never mind. Manucci with the ill communication. Manucci. <laughs> Manucci's made us spaghetti. <laughs> the strangest what if, the, the strangest what if concept ever belongs to Ronnie Adams, where he mis- he mis- totally misunderstood what the hell we were talking about. He just combined two things together. What if Manucci is made of spaghetti? <laughs> what? Let's move on. What? I don't know. Oh my gosh. I'm getting headache. <laughs> How? How did that happen? So anyway, you'll want to find out because it somehow happened. It's in the gag reel on the Punisher show, which was one of the most it was the probably one of my favorite shows of the year. Yep. We got to talk Garth Ennis, Steve Dillon taking the Punisher uh and, and, and to new heights. It's bears. <laughs> 
It's bears. It's bears. Oh, wow. So, Punisher last week. We have this show we just recorded. Now, for Christmas, Christmas times are coming, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, all I want to do is this one last plug. The 25th of December. Do it! Do it now! Two weeks. Two weeks from the day. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks from today. <laughs> Two weeks from the day, it's going to be me, the MVP, Patrick Mullen, and Gavin Napier, formerly of the Casual Heroes, will be on this podcast, and we're going to be talking. I found a list. It's 12 Comics of Christmas, DC's Comics Best Holiday Specials. This came from Comics Alliance. So what we're going to do is something that we have done on this show before, where we take three, we're going to do three apiece, because something happened where we couldn't find a couple of them. But we're going to take three apiece, and we're going to pick our best one and pitch it to each other, see what we think. So check that out. That's going to be happening. DC Comics Holiday Specials coming up. It's going to release Christmas time right in your ear. That's right. So two weeks from today. Day. Other than that, you can follow me at Stiznarki, and who wouldn't want to? I mean, my goodness. That's Ronnie Adams. That's Mark Radlich. My name's Jesse Starcher. Have a Ivan! I will support you in Evan. 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 This Evan. is me now, Evan. Evan, we must go to hyperspace. <laughs> Evan. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> hey, Evan, let off some steam. He's <laughs> Oh, God. That's such a great movie. Welcome to the party, Yvonne. <laughs> Who are you? I'm the party pooper, Yvonne. <laughs> Yvonne, who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> Yvonne, allow me to break the ice. <laughs> just not just not too fond of the princess. Ivan is not too fond. <laughs> do, do you see what I'm saying? I, I yeah, think he's I in her She's character. Got some, she got some spa. What's uh, yes? Yeah, it's, it's, something like that. Ivan. Ivan. You got the hoop. Why is this man speaking Yiddish? <laughs> um. You, unless you guys have anything else, I'll go ahead and synopsis issues three and four. Ronnie, you good? I am good. All right, Mark Radlich. Get to the next chapter. That's a good one. That's all the goofy gag reel is going to be. It's just us doing Schwarzenegger impersonations. That's all it is. Like two minutes straight. Only Princess Yvonne. Yvonne, you are my friend. Shake my hand. Don't screw this up, Ivan. (laughs) Very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, go give the Rattlich in Broadcasting Network Facebook page to stay up. Give it a like. (laughs) Stay up on time. Yeah, I I tell you to do something with it. Give it. Give it something. Give it there. Stick it in your heart. Ivan, give me the show. (laughs) Uh, Listen to the show. Listen to it now. (laughs) 
Stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. There are so many, so many podcasts. Good pictures on Instagram. <laughs> you can, you can, we do MMA. There, swipe right. Swipe there's left. On, <laughs> on Tinder. Tinder. <laughs> oh. oh, the podcast network is on Tinder. So I punched the bear on Mars. <laughs> on Mars. Oh. Come on, go hang in. Give these people a. Uh... <laughs> Come on, Ivan. <laughs> Give them a. Give them a. The people of all the land to a. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I just want to go. I just want to finish my plugs because we're like, how many? We're like five seconds away from ending this show. Uh, you start to finish your plugs. Finish them. Eat now. Santa Claus is Jingle Bell. Jingle Bell. No, not Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. No one likes that movie. Uh, this has clearly been the upper echelon of my podcasting career. <laughs> you can also I'm trying to hold it in <laughs> we're out of here I don't I mean how am I supposed to end this podcast other than with ladies and gentlemen that's Ronnie Adams yeah yep that's, that is Mark Radlich. my name is hello. Yes, hello I'm Mark I'm Mark I'm Mark my hello name Mark is- Give these people air. <laughs> I think the damn episode is more gag than it is actually the episode. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>